Welcome to the Mindfulness of Singing, and I'm Denise, your sassy, spunky scientist. And I'm Tony, your bubbly, big-hearted flower child. Our podcast features practical tips and tools for a journey of transformation using the healing power of your voice. Each podcast, we will delve into the mind, body, and spirit connection by interviewing inspirational guests, sharing personal stories, and discussing the most recent scientific research. Tune in and join our community of mindful singers. Tony, I'm excited about our guest this morning. I am too. So our guest is Dan Cook. And Dan, he's from Australia, but he lives in London. Mm -hmm. And he's one of the youngest men to play the title role of Jean Valjean in uh, Les Mis. And he uh, plays that role in where he was before COVID, right? At, at West End. Now, if you're an American and you don't know what, when you've never been to London, you don't know what West End is, this will surprise you, but there's another Broadway in the world. No. I know, I know Americans think that it's the only thing that matters. But it isn't. Uh, West End is what we, what Londoners call West End. We call, in our country, Broadway. So right. he's the real deal. Beautiful, classically trained tenor voice. Beautiful person. He has also, during COVID, developed a coaching um, business, and where he helps uh, people do their very best in performing and public speaking and um <clears throat> more like a life coach than just a singing teacher no it's it's singing or and performance and speaking oriented it's voice oriented okay um, um but he also does these really cool series uh this really cool series of west end performances he's been doing that during covid where the West End performers get together and they have been performing. Um, well, I, you know, actually I say that, I don't, I don't know if that's really during, if that's been during COVID. I kind of think it was something that was going on before, but during COVID, I think they found a way to kind of do it virtually or whatever. But, um, and he's been in the recording studio. You know, he's, he is a, a very busy performer in the West End and highly respected there. He has a Facebook group that anybody can join. And I think it's called Ultimate Performance with Dan Cook. And um, we'll let him tell you all about it. But um, I've, I have sent friends who and former voice students who are very interested in, you know, Broadway style performing over to, to his ultimate performance Facebook page and they've joined and he has a live at five on Tuesdays, which is noon for, you know, us. And he's had other West End performers and, and directors and producers and he's had some big people in. He's all about mindset, all about mindset. I was just gonna is, say, I, he's with us. I tuned in this morning, just a little bit to one of his YouTube, one of those, I guess live at five and it was the topic was resources to help build a better performance and it was books books to read and it sounded like a lot of books that you and I have either read something similar to or books that we would enjoy and at the end he made a statement that I thought was worth writing down 
And it's, if you don't produce, you won't thrive, no matter how skilled or talented you are. We've got to grow, we've got to create, we're creative beings. And I think, I think that's why some people have thrived more than others during a challenging time when the typical way you produce has been taken away. And he sounds like that certainly hasn't slowed him down. And yeah. he, he talked about one of his clients that was frustrated with their progress and he requires all of his singers to keep a journal. And he said, well, how much did you practice? And when, when they went back and looked at the journal, they realized that the individual hadn't even spent five minutes. So how could they possibly be you know, frustrated with their lack of growth if they haven't put any time into it? So um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with someone who sounds like they're very like-minded and um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, he, he is um, his mind. I mean, he, I love his mindset and he's really positive and all the things. Right. And uh, England has had it pretty tough um, in some ways worse than us. And, and um, they locked down a little earlier than we did. They locked down again recently. Um, and, and, and they have really had, you know, a pretty hard time. They've had a hard time getting their vaccinations out and they've, the government, their government has struggled with that. Um, uh, and so it, it's been, you know, a real roller coaster ride for the, the performers and singers and uh, uh, music folks, you know, producers, directors, choreographers, dancers, actors, it's been a really pretty rough there for them. So, but I've never seen him. I mean, he's been really up every time I've talked to him and every time we've uh, been together. So did you know him pre COVID or did you meet him in mm -hmm. your, nope, nope. You just reached out during this time, saw he, that he was up to good things. Well, I'll let him tell the story if he wants to. I mean, but yeah, no, we, we, we are, uh, like spirited and compadres and we've just, we, yeah, yeah. And, um, he's one of my gratitude, my COVID gratitude moments. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He is definitely, uh, up there in my things to be grateful for because of COVID and Dan Cook is one of them. Nice. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, mindset, we talk about that all a lot. We talk about it in a variety of ways and mindset for me is huge and it is for you too. And, uh, you know, I've recently had that, had a little health scare, as you know, you were the only person, um, you're the inner circle. You were the only person besides my sister and my husband that knew, but anyway, I'm fine for listeners. I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to live. You're going to have to put up with me some more. Um, <laughs> You know, there were some sleepless nights and thoughts that I might not. And, you know, because of that, you know, I think I have a great mindset most of the time. And I think, you know, largely I, I think I'm pretty positive and I try to battle the negativity that's in my genes a little bit that I have to kind of really beat down every once in a while. And it's usually not negativity about myself, um, although there, is, there can be that. But it's usually about, you know, the circumstances or, or like, you know, something happens and I'm like fatalistic 
I get really like, oh, well, that's gonna, not going to end well. It's going to be the worst thing ever, you know, and I have to really kind of rein that in. But I was having a hard time reining that in during during this little, you know, crisis that I thought I was in, thanks to a false poorly informed medical person. Anyway, and I, <laughs> oh my gosh, thank God for second and third opinions. But anyway, so I, I uh, really thought, you know, at night when I'd try to sleep, you know, I'd be like, okay, well, if I die, this is what's gonna, this is what I'm gonna do. You know, I mean, I, I was having those kinds of eat nights of not sleeping and whatnot. And I, I told this story in a Facebook group yesterday, but literally here's what changed my mindset. It was a bottle of perfume. As there's this bottle of perfume that's been in my bathroom that I've been trying to use for like two years. And I don't like it. I didn't like it. It was okay. It was not great, but you know, and I don't wear, we, you know, we don't wear a lot of perfume. I don't wear a lot of perfume because singing singers, singers and I don't want to set somebody off on some kind of allergic reaction. So it's not something, and if I'm going to teach voice intimately, it's not something I'm going to go, you know, wear in a small room, small studio, but because we've been home, I've worn it, worn perfume a little more because I'm like, oh, you know, I think I'll wear some of my perfume. I do love a good French, beautiful perfume. I mean, I don't know who wouldn't, but <clears throat> people who are allergic to it wouldn't. <clears throat> I know I'm, I'm definitely fighting my allergies today. Uh, uh, this is the time of year that allergies are driving me, drive me crazy. But anyway, I'm looking at that perfume and I'm just about to put it on and I'm like, why am I putting this on? Why am I doing that? I don't even like this perfume. And I have two beautiful bottles of French and Italian perfume that were not cheap, that were gifts to me as well by my husband, you know, like Christmas and birthday kind of presents. Mm -hmm. Not the kind that you just go out to the dime, you know, to the Victoria's Secrets or whatever and pick it up mm -hmm. off the shelf. This is primo stuff, but I just kept putting off wearing it because I had this other bottle that I <clears throat> felt like I needed to get through first. And I'm like, why am I wearing, why am I putting this on my body? Who's going to benefit from me denying myself something beautiful? Who's going to benefit from me wearing, wearing that? Who's been, no one is benefiting from that. And especially not me. And what else am I doing in my life that I am, you know, saying no to myself about because the underlying message is you're, you're not good enough to you're not worthy. You need to not waste things. You're not that special. You're not that, you know? So how about that $200 dress that I saw that I loved and it looked amazing on me, but I was like, oh gosh, no. And you go to the sale rack and instead you spend $39.99 on a dress that, that you, you know, was, had been originally $80 or whatever. <laughs> And now it's been marked down and you feel like you have this really great buy or, you know, and you, you go, oh, okay, I'm worthy of a $39.99 dress. But what I really wanted was that $200 dress. Who am I going to leave this money to? My sons will be taken care of. 
they're going to be taken care of. Why am I not living? I need to li live my life. I need to live it in a way that's authentic and meaningful and beautiful for me. And I think women are more susceptible to this than maybe men. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a man, but I, 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 I think so. Cause we're used to sacrificing for our kids and you know, all the things. And then something worse even hit me. I realized that this is, I'm coming up to my last year in one of my decades of births. <laughs> Boy, did you really phrase that one, Denise? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I don't, you know, I used to really care to tell my age. I used to really care about that. I don't really care anymore because, you know, see this line over here. Of course, this morning I'm really puffy because of allergies, but whatever. Yeah. I don't care. You know, I consider these lines Donna's lines, my sister I lost. I consider these lines Kurt's lines, my nephew I lost. I consider this line right here, <laughs> worrying about my son. And I'm grateful for these lines. So this year, this coming up year on my birthday, mm -hmm. it's going to mark an entire 12 months of doing things that I've been putting off. Now, Granted, I could start them now, but I think it would be much more poignant. And I could be dead before my next birthday. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, I could. Are you going to jump bus. out of a plane? Are well, you I was going to say no, no. But I, I'm, I'm a, I, I have a phobia of heights, so no. That one's not happening. Mm -mm, no. But what is going to happen? You and I are going to India. Oh, cool. I had my visa ready to go. I would have already been there. It was for this I've year. Always wanted to go. Oh, you and I are going to go to visa. We, we might let Don come, but you and I are going to be going to uh, visa, going to India. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to learn to tap dance. Always wanted to tap dance. And, you know, as a child, I was not allowed because dancing was sinful. I, I'm going to learn to tango. I've always wanted to learn how to tango. I'm, I'm going to go to India. I'm going to learn to scuba dive. Always wanted to learn how to scuba dive. Um, what else, what else, what else, what else? You're certainly mm. going to come see me in Italy, but that's not a huge shocker. Oh, so. well, I mean, that's a given, that's a given. I'm, you know, I'm hoping to go to Italy in July, but, or first of August, but see, um, anyway, so I, I have this list and I, it's not going to be, it's not called, but my bucket list. It's my finally mm. live life. I'm going to, I'm going to start a new career by the time I reach my big new decade, I'm going to start a brand new career in which I'm in school for now. I, you know, it's just, I think we just, I don't know. And maybe, maybe Americans do it more than others. I'm not sure because we are pioneers and, and, you know, the American dream and trying to, you know, you, you make all these sacrifices to start a business or to, to put your kids in college, all those things that we make sacrifices for. And I think we just get used to that mindset. Oh no, I have to make sacrifices. I have to, well, what, what, what are we making sacrifices for? Do it. Live your best life. There you go. Our guest is here. Yay. I was just thinking. Yay. Hi. Hi.
you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too. I, I recognize your face because I think I remember watching a recording back of you and two other ladies speaking and workshopping your um, some mindfulness things. Cool. Yeah. So lovely to meet you, Tony. Nice to meet you. Denise has been raving about you. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all, all good, I hope. <laughs> oh yes, she didn't. She didn't. She censored it. No, oh, kidding. she censored it, right? <laughs> no, it was all good. It was all very good. We were just talking about mindset, which I know that is huge for you. What do you what What do you attribute that to? Um, I think um, for me, like I went through a bit of a phase where. I felt a little bit lost and directionless in terms of not not necessarily my career. Well, career too, but I think that happens to, to every performer at some stage throughout their career. Um, but yeah, I, I came to this just kind of conclusion that, that things weren't going my my way <clears throat> at a particular time and, and consistently. You know, like I was getting to the finals in for great jobs and not getting it, and 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 kind of rather than let it consume me and, you know, get emotional and and re reject the fact that you're, or resent the fact that you're feeling like that, I just kind of started to very uh, bravely uh, move forward with things like that, you know? Um, I, it's, it's, no one tells you when you <clears throat> are an aspiring singer. I mean, I moved to London when I was 22 years old. Um, wow and did my master's here in dramatic art and musical theatre and you know obviously uh the course I was on was fabulous and then you kind of in a in a course with like-minded people and all of a sudden you graduate and it's like boof you know like you don't have this support networks around you anymore they don't really teach you actually funny enough which I think should maybe find its way into some tertiary education like how to kind of do it on your own um you know the business elements of it um because it's called show business for a reason um <laughs> you know um yeah just things like that i think you you you're thrown in very you're thrown in the deep end you're a small fish in a in a in a big pond when you're at college and then you come out and it's a big wide world you know um so i think i think yeah i i those times where i look back and i remember like getting like to the last two for uh, a job. It was it was Fierro and Wicked. It was the second year in a row that I was up for it and I didn't get it. And I was just like, I remember calling my mum because obviously my parents had invested a lot in me, both financially and emotionally, of course, and want to see me succeed. And so, you know, when you call your mum up in tears on the phone going, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, yes, yeah, but it's always been met with you know, at the utmost support. And then uh, I guess the time, all the, all of those rejections and times just, they do make you stronger because you just think, well, that wasn't the part, that wasn't my time or divine timing wasn't so, so divine at that, at that stage when I thought that was what I wanted. And I'm sure it would have been a great job had it gone that way. But then if you fast forward and um, all the rejections, obviously I think we're a bit of a catalyst into steering me down the path that I went and look I've been very lucky I've, I've worked when I graduated college I got a really good agent here and I worked kind of predominantly for the first seven eight years like and and by that I was like back-to-back -back contracts I went from 
uh, the 50th anniversary production of West Side Story, into South Pacific, into production of Chess, all of them to the, uh, up to then were touring as well. So, you know, it's an exhausting, it's an exhausting schedule. Um, and then obviously when I got back from doing South Pacific at the Sydney Opera House and started doing the casting for, or started doing the audition rather for <coughs> Les Mis, that was, um, I think that was like a defining moment because I was like, everything has really led to this because there is no, for me, <coughs> that role in Phantom obviously, but for me, like that's, it's pretty at the, at the highest level of your game when you play a part like that in a show like that. So it's, um, yeah, it was a, obviously a dream come true. Amazing, beautiful. <laughs> How, how how long did you play that? Were you were you performing that role before COVID hit? No, so I haven't I haven't actually been on stage for quite a while now. Like nearly, <clears throat> I finished in two thousand and sixteen. So uh, for I finished Les Mis in two thousand sixteen. So yeah, a couple of years, four or five years. But at the same time, um, I because I'm creative, and you know Denise will know this because I'm creative, and I like to help people and uh produce and write and all of these things <clears throat> i think the one thing about being in a show is and don't get me wrong uh, i'm where i am today from having played these roles <clears throat> but um the one thing that it kind of stifles a little bit is kind of uh artistic freedom by means when you're doing eight shows a week of a musical uh you don't have time and or energy uh to create it's very much all consuming. So when I came out of Les Mis, that was my seventh year in a row of eight shows a week. Wow. Either, wow. either touring or in the West End. Um, and I just kind of thought, I'm, I'm going to have some time out of this just, just for me, just to, to create. Um, <clears throat> my partner and I, at that point, we also built um, an events and kind of production company because I wanted to have, like, have an umbrella for... Jamie's a, a freelance events producer anyway. So I wanted to just start doing some things and hosting little gigs and <clears throat> doing some writing and, and having the having the energy to be able to do it because yeah. What a, <laughs> this is what, what, what a sacrifice and a commitment to that to give eight performances for seven years in a row. I mean, did you just you just you ate and slept it? I mean, I just Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. I mean, in when I was in Les Mis, I, I only did seven. I say only, they, the alternate went on for a Monday night. So I did get a full weekend and that was like a lovely luxury. But it being is that I got to that stage of my career and I, I got an extra day off, which was just heavenly. Um, but, you know, by the time you've like done some washing, done some grocery shopping and and had a bit of a chill out, it's, it's time to go back. And I think... Um, for me, and I've spoke to Denise about this as well, like there's a there's a module coming up in my academy about um, the athletic actor, because I think what we do, well, I, I don't think I know what we do is nothing short of uh, being people at their, at their peak performance. And so finding ways um, to be able to consistently deliver that through obviously, you know, making sure you're hydrated, making sure you're eating the right foods, getting the nourishment you need out of the foods if you not doing that you look you look to some supplements um yeah just but in saying that i was constantly tired 
it's it's it was just one of those things that it's that that energy and that kind of uh, nervous and you know uh, not anxiety but yeah that nervous energy it's it's exhausting you know like and some days I'd go out there and it'd be like oh you know kind of put the autopilot on which I you know I should shouldn't really say but some days it just happens it's the nature of it and then there's other days like when my parents were the, for the first time in their audience I you know flew my parents over <coughs> front row of lame is to see me and that night I was particularly bricking it <laughs> um but I love it I mean I, th I think towards the end um of lame is uh, lame is just one of those shows that is also relentless like he's on stage all the time and if he's not on stage he's changing or, or and and the building is quite old <coughs> it's literally just down here and I was if I wasn't on stage, I was running up flights of stairs, changing and, and running down. <laughs> I was really, I was really fit, fitter than I am now, but coronavirus has gotten away. Um, yeah, but it was just a, I, I knew coming out of it that I, I just needed a break from that schedule. Cause also from a social aspect as well. Like I never saw, <clears throat> I never saw my partner. Well, I obviously I did, but it was always conflicting times. You're working all the weekends. Like on a, on a, on a Saturday, you've got two shows, a matinee and an evening. Um, yeah, so you really had Sunday. And some Sundays I just didn't want to move. Like I felt a bit, you know, like a bit boring. But I also, that, that particular role as well, you do have to wrap yourself in cotton wool a little bit. Like I was just like, no, I can't, you know, even... And it's not so much going out for a meal or a drink or whatever. It's not so much that. But if you go out, I was finding, because the cast on a Friday would go out uh, for drinks. Oddly enough, I think it was a stupid day because you've got two the next day uh, to go out for a drink. But it was it was all very civilised. It was not, you know. The Friday um, night is pub night in London. Friday night is the pub. Every pub. night is pub night in London. Who are we Every night is the pub night. <laughs> True. True. Um, and I do, I distinctly remember the times that I kind of did that. And I, also I like, I was um, like a, a team player when it comes to like being in the cast and the company of, you know, like I wanted to not be that, that person playing that role that didn't really, you know, socialize with anyone else or didn't make an effort to be seen. Um, you know, I'm a team, I'm, I consider myself a team player in that aspect. So the, I do remember the couple of times that I did have a Friday drink and by that it was like a half a glass of wine or whatever, or, or a beer. Uh, um, the next day, the next day, the the show was harder, and it wasn't actually from the booze. It was um, well, it probably was a, a combination of the two things. But it's when you go, I'm sure you know this as well. But when you go out in, in a pub situation, and your and your voice level is just slightly higher than where it normally is, it's so fatiguing on the voice. And I, I, I'm just like why is you know I can sing all evening but like talking just slightly louder than you need to to be heard in that kind of situation and the next day I wake up sounding like Darth Vader <clears throat> I'm your father Lord. I'm your father <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah absolutely absolutely you know sometimes when people come to study with me and they're like they're having like some vocal issues I give them a questionnaire and one of the questionnaires is how often do you spend in a restaurant talking over people? That's yeah. one of the questions. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, if they're a waiter or, a, you know, trying to do their thing until they get the gig or whatever, you know, they always have so many vocal issues because yeah. of the demanding ambiance of what they do. Yeah. That, that's the sound and everything. 
so tell us about West End Performers and, and uh, that series. I find that really great and fascinating. So tell us about that. West End Sessions, do you mean? Yes, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> West End Sessions. So um, it was born um, obviously out of creativity and I wanted to do something. And I think <clears throat> here in London, I mean, this you're sport for choice in terms of theatre and stuff, but when you come out of shows like that, your, your platform to be seen um, professionally performing obviously closes and, 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 you know, unless you're doing a corporate gig or whatever, it's not really invited to the public. So... Yeah, I wanted it to be like a super, like a, a kind of 54 below, you know, 54 below in New York, um, Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein. <clears throat> it's like an underground kind of really chic uh, cabaret bar. I've got a um, an agreement here, it's a, with the Daisy Green Collection, they're called. It's a Australian inspired chain of, um, or collection, they like to say, of, of restaurants um, <clears throat> scattered around London. And the home of Western Sessions is at Scarlet Green, which is literally like three streets from my house, which just makes it handy. But I, I wanted to, I wanted to sing because I was, I wasn't singing as much anymore. And and when you don't have an occasion to sing, you, I, I it's hard to sing. You know, like oh, I'm gonna, or, or even practice. I'm gonna set aside, you know, an hour today to do some practice. And that was just not happening. So I was like, right, I need to sing some more and I want to and over the course of my career I've met hundreds of wonderfully talented people um so let's create a little uh, a lovely night it's 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 very low-key it's super intimate it's it's voices and piano and it's just um the thing that people say about it is that it's just you know it's like the first one started just down here in a place called the Mulray it was no bigger excuse me it was no bigger than my front living room, like 30 people squeezed in there. And I've got, I've got footage somewhere of the, of the very first one because it's been going just over three years now. And it kind of grew from there. Everyone that was there was just like, I'm standing literally next to, you know, Chris from Miss Saigon or Elphaba from Wicked or it was just a very organic, lovely vibe to it. And everyone that came, and obviously in the beginning with that, those kind of numbers, it wasn't, it wasn't, hugely financially uh, rewarding for anyone. I mean, at least me, because I make sure everyone's paid before me. Um, but I just love doing it. It was a, it's a great way. Um, it's, it's really built momentum now. My agent here is, is proactive in getting like casting people and producers and people with influence and, and you know, getting me and, and the people that I uh, invite to West End Sessions, getting, getting people under the noses of people that can maybe give you jobs. So, I, that's kind of the premise of it. Um, it's also a nice thing for, for the clients that I coach. Um, I use it as a platform for them to, as an occasion to, to, you know, all the things we're working on as a, an occasion to present it somewhere. And again, for my clients as well, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to know that, you, you know, there's some people in the audience that could potentially give you a job. So, um, but it's growing from strength to strength. I had a meeting about it last week. I finally, I've finally got the first one back. I've got a date for July 7th. And we're actually, we're actually expanding uh, and taking over the whole venue so that so you arrive and dine and stuff. And then you'll be taken downstairs for the, for the show. So yeah, I'm super chuffed that I get to, I think we're going to do three this year. They wanted to do a Christmas one as well, but I'm going to be absolutely categorically home in Australia for at least three months this year. 
<coughs> see my family. Well, not only the- that, but you're going during their you're going during their their beginning of warm weather, right? Yeah, totally. And that's the thing I've I've struggled this year here because I'm as an Australian I don't do winter like Britain does winter at all, and. And we normally go away for part of it, or I'm in Australia for at least a month. And it just, when you don't do that, it makes, it, mm-hmm. it was a long, I mean, it was a long year anyway, but it was a long, a long winter here without some sun and some family times. <laughs> you can see the joy in your face about getting to do that. And so congratulations both for that and for this beautiful thing that you've created. In fact, I told Denise, I listened to your, one of your YouTube sessions, the coaching, just to get to know you. And I wrote down a quote that you said, if you don't produce, you won't thrive, no matter how skilled or talented you are. Yeah. And uh, what you're doing is certainly a testimony to that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's just, we've got to keep creating. And and I I think for me, as, as an actor, as a performer, a producer, presenter, all of the things, coach. Um, I've never, I've never kind of been one to rest on my laurels in terms of waiting for that phone to ring in terms of the acting world, because that just brings along a whole lot of disappointment and and unnecessary anxiety. I kind of have always tried to not in the initial stages, obviously not because I was fresh off the boat, but learned and kind of built up a, a mechanism whereby, you know, you've got to, you've got to hustle in other areas. Like, um, even, even when, um, I was in the production of chess, for example, and, and in between getting that job, I was working in a call center, mind numbing, hated it, but during, but they did let you have the internet on. So worry on this call. So I was like scrolling through and, and trying to find another job. And um, I speak fluent Dutch. I'm not sure if you, you knew that, but my family, my weird surname is from the Netherlands. Not that I was brought up bilingual. I learned it when I lived there singing with the Royal Dutch Opera Company for a year. Um, so there was a, a job uh, that came up that said it's fluent Dutch, uh, very flexible hours, work from home, blah, blah, blah. So I applied for it. Um, and the long and short of it is I, I, I didn't get it initially, but the person that they they wanted then wasn't available. So I kind of snowballed and came back to me. So anyway, this job that I've had for the best part of 11 years, I still do because I, um, I, uh, you just don't know when, you know, it's feast or famine kind of thing. So even in during the show, I was doing some hours. So basically it's very boring. It's effectively like, it's not debt collection, but it's like a debt reminder service. That's funny. So I spend I like, like that. that's awesome. A couple hours a week, you know, it's another it's another chunk of money that I wouldn't have unless I kept doing it. And I've got so good at it that it doesn't really take me that long. So, you know, oh. and at the minute, at the minute, you know, while I'm, while the coaching and and the academy and the things that I'm doing, this end, um, I mean, they take time and they take money. I mean, you you have to pump money into a business to, to start it off. I mean, I did my. I did all my accounts because at the end of the month and I think I actually netted about nine pounds last month. I mean, some came in and a lot went out obviously, but that's, that's business. And I'm, jo- I'm enjoying it to be honest. And I'm, and I'm really feel that I'm helping, helping the clients and, and in, in, in kind of a deeper way than just kind of, you know, the one, I mean, they get obviously a one-on-one session with me, but I, 
I'm trying to educate them with the modules that I'm recording and then then we have a one-on-one -on -one and that's their time to you know work on music or the technique or discussions from the module if they didn't understand and I've got you know mostly singers but I have a few people that um, want to be better speakers and I have a an Argentinian lady who is a yoga instructor who wants to just be more present and, uh, and assertive when she speaks and round off her accent a little bit um, yeah and they're just they're all kind of a great bunch of people so far which is I, I'm really enjoying it the side gig also gives you a chance to keep your Dutch skills up. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Too. I mean, yeah, exactly. you're getting you're getting paid to practice your yeah. language that you enjoy that you learned and enjoy. So yeah. you need a gig like that, Tony, in Italian. Uh, I. That's why I said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I can reach out because this is a global company. They they need reminding services in all different language languages, and they're Tony in the they're, they're in, the in, in Italian. Tony is fluent in Italian. Oh wow! I wouldn't say fluent, but I, I well, can I mean, I would. You could hustle. You could hustle and chase an invoice if you had to. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. well, um, so it sounds like you've spent a lot of time in personal growth, which Denise and I both value very much. Is there one book that you're? I know there are a lot of books that speak to a lot of different things, but do you have an ultimate favorite that you think is the the greatest for someone who's wanting a performing career? Um, oh, that's probably on the spot. Um, there's a couple actually, if I can have more than one. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, obviously, um, I don't know if you can see back there, but I've, um, Julia Cameron's The Artist Way. So when people sign to my 12 week academy, they get a little gift from me, which includes that book and a, and a notepad of the Ultimate Performance Academy. And, um, cool. A vocal oh. tube and you know a little thing to kind of get started but i i've done that off and on for for years and i find it really writing stuff down even people we can get blocked so easily and and not necessarily because i want to even write anything but it's you know that's that stream of consciousness that comes out of you and, and some mornings uh you know the first page is i don't know what to write i don't know what to write i don't know what to write until something comes out of you that's not that um and so that that book for sure i also like um it, this is not really a book about um what is it i think it's more of a it, it's more of a uh, it's by uh, do you know the book called the alchemist by paulo um yes I, I can't i struggle to say his surname but to me something in that just resonated about people's journeys in life and it's a great book really following uh their their direction and uh, uh, you know in terms of like not letting anything get in the way of what you really want i think i think that's the biggest thing i took from that book and i i i had quite a like a spiritual time reading that book as well because i was actually in because you know it's set in spain in the hottest part of Spain. And he obviously travels across to Tarifa, which is in Africa. And so and I was in that part of Spain at the time in this sweltering heat, reading this book going, oh. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and I guess my, the other other book most recently that I kind of like and 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 try, I think, I think more of us should try to do this is, this, um, is the subtle art of not giving a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I just saw that yesterday. I was at the, I just, 
Saw that again yesterday. Maybe that's oh, see, now I, I call it stoicism. Yeah. There's a, there's a philosophy called stoicism that's basically, I mean, if you're going to really water it down and put it in one, it would be, don't just don't give a fuck. Don't give a yeah. fuck, yeah. Yeah. So I think Works for me cool. every time. Yeah, and, I, and eclectic mix <laughs> of books, but yeah, ones that have helped. So nice. tell, tell us, I'm sorry, Tony, go ahead if you, oh, okay. So tell us about the uh, Performance Academy and how, how somebody would sign up for that and tell us about your Facebook page and all the things, because I'm sure our listeners are going to be really intrigued about what you do. So, Yeah, so I, I run um, a Facebook group called um, the Ultimate Performance Community. So um, I'm uh, looking for, uh, you know, like-minded people, singers, actors, speakers, and presenters. That's my kind of go-to uh, list and I, I have a Facebook group that I go live at five in every Tuesday with some like free advice or tips or I have a guest um, and kind of give them you know little tidbits of information that kind of maybe spark their intrigue to kind of book a call with me and, and learn what it looks like to work with me uh, properly within the academy. Um, the academy is 12 weeks um, it, which seems like a lot and actually it is it's it's a lot of work but if i only have to do it once and it'll be built um but it's everything from i have i have the syllabus here it's um performer uh, performer phys physicality working uh working technique breath work and improving your bulk score for example the first module is just breath like all about breath because i remember when i studied with uh, a marvelous teacher in Amsterdam when I lived there. She, I think, I think to the first two or three lessons, I didn't sing anything. We just breathed. Well, retrained to breathe and, you know, got on a ball and she was <clears throat> showing me the bridging and, and all that. So I just, on top, on top of the fact that, um, you know, without breath, without breath, there is, there is no life and without breath, there is no sound. So, you know, it's a, it's a super, super important thing. Um, technique, Breath work, improving box score, acting the parts, repertoire and nailing spoken work word, overcoming anxiety, skyrocketing your confidence. Bearing in mind that a lot of that I find comes from breath work, overcoming those feelings of <laughs> can be really dealt with with breath. Um, uh, self tapes, streaming and being your best digital self. This is one, um, even though I think obviously the world is coming out of lockdown ever so slowly but self-tapes will be a thing that's not going away so like making sure we do it properly and have you got the right lights and you know why are you standing with your back to that window so i can't see you you know like making sure that these people have got a space where they can make their digital presence kind of really shine um biohacking of course that's that's this week's module i think no next week's module um so yeah, in terms of finding a holistic approach to, you know, are these people drinking enough water? Are they getting enough sleep? Is the sleep they're getting restful sleep? Do they wake feeling rested? Are they noticing things that they're eating that, you know, not necessarily an intolerance to, but something that, oh, I'm a bit phlegmy after I've eaten that, or I've got, I'm a bit dry after I've eaten that, or, you know, things to avoid. <clears throat> I mean, I'm quite lucky. My my um, director in the show said, I've got cords of steel. I mean, I can eat chocolate. I can, 
you know, I, I'm nothing really phases me apart from you know loud talking, fatigueness. But things, I'm quite lucky in the sense. Obviously, a hydration. I mean, I'm, I'm I drink six of these a day minimum. Um, yeah, <laughs> hydrate the cells. Um, so yeah, so that's what you can expect. Really, it's um, it's a, a twelve week kind of fully comprehensive course. You you sign up. There's a module at the start of the week. Um, you log in and you do the module and then once you've done the module you'll get access to my calendar and then you book a one-on-one -on -one with me to discuss obviously whatever it is you want but predominantly a lot of people like to discuss what they've learned in the module when we do some exercises and demonstrate things there and at the end of the week um, there's a masterclass so like a leading industry professional such as yourself Denise or um, a wonderful acting coach that I studied with back when I was doing my master's um, some, you know, uh, guests from the West End and Broadway who are, you know, still performing and that kind of thing. So it's a real, I think it's, it's kind of enlightening for the, for the people doing it because it's, it's, it's not just, do, it's obviously watching and absorbing, but also getting to do is, you know, super important. That's lovely. Great. Sounds like a great opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll sign up. Yeah. yeah. Well, for, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to give you access to, um, the, the actual course as it stands and, and, and follow along and, and give me your feedback. It'd be, it'd be great to have you give some, give some feedback, constructive criticism. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'd love to see it, but uh, I, I'm hoping that some of our listeners will. So you're in the middle of it right now. Can somebody jump in at this point or when will it be offered again when you're done? No, this is, so the good thing about the way I built it is it's just, it's rolling. So you come in, you come in whenever you want the core content is like structured like i had i had someone's it's because it started on the 19th of march and i had someone sign up just on friday just gone um so well, that's good that's good so they can just pick up right where you are yeah, you whatever they're behind on they can watch it yeah exactly and that oh, i think that's, that's awesome. the beauty of it so you can you just log in and and you know recommence where you you get up to and you just when you book a call for the coaching with me that week, you just tell me what module you're on, so I know what to prepare for them. And yeah, I try to I try to make it kind of you know it's it's small, achievable, bite-sized chunks. And and you know the the <clears throat> my mentality on that and micro habits and and just doing things because if things are <laughs> is it your pooch? Yes. <laughs> if things um. I think I think in this online world that we're living in, it can become overwhelming. Like when you, you know, you load something that you've got to watch that's two hours, and I think people are just—it's not, you know, small incremental daily changes. That's what's going to help you, you know, work through your passaggio and you know, or or belt some high notes or whatever it is. You need to be doing it every day for five minutes, five minutes here, five minutes there, rather than I'm going to set aside, you know, an hour to do a full hour. It's like or I'm. You know, it just it's it it can set yourself up for failure if you and and it's also about the way you feel. If you go, oh, I, oh, I haven't practiced for an hour today, you automatically go, oh, I'm really annoyed with myself. But small achievable chunks of five minutes here, five minutes there, that actually, you know, there's no reason you can't do that. <clears throat> right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, no, I think little micro habits are super important and more much more attainable than than trying to achieve some great big. Thing. As you can see, my dog is wanting out of the room. And if I don't let her, she's going to start barking in a moment. Oh, okay, so. no worries. And where's your fur baby? Oh, uh, you want to see him? I do. 
I think our 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 listeners will want to see it. Who doesn't like two Yorkies in one podcast? <laughs> we both have Yorkies. He his is a puppy though. He just got him. Look at him. He's so cute. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm sorry for our listeners that are only on audio. Oh, you're missing. Oh, he's so cute. How adorable. He's, he's a mix. He's a Yorkie. Yorkie poo. Poo, yes. Yeah, yeah you can see the little longer sh uh, snout than Lucy yeah. has. His daddy, that's his the daddy poodle part. Mini miniature. Um, oh, darling. He's, he was, um, I'm not sure if he's eaten something. We, we gave him a lamb bone yesterday, which was like... Mm crack you, you wouldn't you didn't kind of want to get near him while he had that bone you couldn't get anywhere near him right um but i think he might have a little upset tummy today for some reason but he's oh right. well he's very cute yeah well dan thank you so much for sharing all of your all of your things you're welcome my pleasure thanks for having me yes delightful thank you yeah. you're welcome Thank you so much for listening. We are very grateful that you joined us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, write a review, share it with a friend.